Hello, Achroesoir Podlediad Gwella yn Fyw ar yr Air. Hello and welcome to the Gwella on Air podcast. This podcast, brought to you by Health Education and Improvement Wales, provides a series of discussions with guest speakers across NHS Wales to inspire and spark ideas around creating compassionate working environments. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Gwetla On Air podcast. Uh, my name's Emily Miller. I'm Leadership and Digital Senior Programme Manager in Health Education and Improvement Wales. And today I'm joined by Nick, Tim, Sarah and Helen, who are going to introduce themselves in a moment um, for our um, episode of the Compassionate Leadership podcast. So over to you first, Nick, to just introduce yourself um, could you also give a bit of a background about yourself and a bit of an icebreaker? What was the last piece of music you listened to and in what setting? So over to you, Nick. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, so uh, my name's Nick Sheen. I am the Head of Optometry Transformation in Health Education and Improvement Wales. I've been in HIW since uh, April of this year. Previously to that, I worked at Cardiff University. I'm an optometrist and um, my background is, has been uh, a little bit of clinical leadership um, for the Eye Health Examination Wales programme, uh, alongside some teaching, which I did in Cardiff University uh, on various modules. And um, I'm very much looking forward to this podcast and, and hearing what everybody has to say. My piece of music that you asked about, um, I'm... I'm going to be probably embarrassed here uh, because I might get the title of the song wrong, but it was uh, Tom Grennan and A Little Bit of Love. And we had that on the kitchen table whilst my three and five-year-old were doing some arts and crafts and they were singing along to it because um, they love it. And it was just one of those nice moments. So that was the last piece of music I listened to. Nice. Brilliant. Thanks, Nick. Um, over to you, Tim. Thank you. That sounds lovely. I wish I was doing arts and crafts. That know, sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so my name is Tim Morgan. Uh, I'm an optometrist uh, up in North Wales. I'm a contractor as well as a performer. I've recently concluded a year with HEIW uh, as a clinical fellow. And so that year was a, a, a year split between some learning and some project work. And that education was based around leadership techniques and, uh, and theories and uh, the project that I was involved in was contributing to the contract reform uh, that is underway in optometry. Uh, more specifically, my task was to, to see how prevention and well-being could be embedded in such a, a contract. So it was really, really enjoyable, fascinating year. Um, but now that's that year has concluded. I'm back now full time uh, in clinical direct service with patients. Uh, the last piece of music I listened to was very deliberately chosen because it was just before, as I was having my lunch just before I came on here, and I thought as a leadership uh, podcast, I should listen to Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world um, <laughs> because, of course, that was that was absolutely my perception of what leadership was. It was being in charge, being the the, the leader. Uh, and then that's exactly, of course, what compassionate leadership teaches us. It, it isn't really about, uh, and, but we can discuss that more, more later on. And I can hand over 
I think is it Sarah next to to introduce herself? Yeah, thanks, Tim. Over to you, Sarah. Thank you, everyone, and thank you ever so much for having me here today to talk. Um, my name is Sarah Shum. I am, <clears throat> excuse me, an optometrist by background, uh, been qualified now about 16, 17 years. I am the other, the other half of the double act of the clinical fellowship programme from last year, joining Tim um, on the clinical leadership at and fellowship program last year my project was based upon a workforce project um, just to enable and ensure that we have the workforce available out in, in primary care optometry to be able to deliver the very contract that tim's project was working on so we worked very closely together um, throughout the whole of the year <clears throat> Um, whether it be through the learning exercises or the project based. So um, Tim was most certainly definitely on my speed dial throughout the year for his sins, unfortunately. Um, as Tim has said, my fellowship has also concluded. It finished in September. Um, so I am back in practice and I am also now the chair of Optometry Wales um, going forward, which started also in September, hopefully as a direct result of everything that I've learned throughout the fellowship programme um, and hopefully can put those leadership skills into practice. My last piece of music that I was listening to um, was a bit of rock and roll going on um, was Queen and Don't Stop Me Now. Nice. Also, similarly, in the kitchen, dancing yeah. around as we were cooking dinner last night. Um, it's the best way to get the best flavoured food in my sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that, that's me in a nutshell. Thank you very much for having me here today. No worries. Thanks, Sarah. And that's a cracking piece of music to get to, to, to cook to and uh, dance around to in the kitchen, I'm sure. And it's great that we welcomed optometrists onto our Welsh Clinical Leadership um, Fellowship um, last year. So it's brilliant to have you here today. And, and finally, over to my, my uh, colleague in the leadership team, Helen, to introduce herself and all those other questions as well. You've got to answer, Hel. Thank you. I thought you were going to say then, and welcome to my colleague and partner in crime, which uh, I very much yeah. am, I think, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and echo your thoughts, Emily. It was great to see the Wales, Wales Clinical Egypt Fellowship extended um, to include other professions. So my name is Helen Thomas. I'm the Assistant Director of Leadership and Succession in HIW. Very privileged to, to hold that position, and I've been here about two and a half years. So delighted to be with you today as part of this podcast. Um, it's an easy one for me, the last piece of music. Um, it was Level 42 in concert the, the night before last in Cardiff, um, which was brilliant. So it took me right back to my youth, which is a long time ago, but a great concert nevertheless. Great to be yeah. here today. And I had to pretend I knew who they were, didn't I, Hal? The... <laughs> what you told <laughs> So insulted. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Thank you for that, everyone. Um, thank you for being here today and, and looking forward um, to this podcast. So just to kick off um, some thoughts, really, um, you've given us a bit of a background to your fellowship and your year and what you what you did as part of that. I'm just wondering, what did you know about the compassionate leadership principles or the principles of leadership before starting the fellowship? Did you know any of that um, before you embarked on it? 
Ooh, I can answer that one very, very easily and quickly and say I absolutely had no idea or concept of anything um, prior to embarking on the programme. However, it was what I would say is that it was comforting to realise that as we were going through the programme, actually, I did know a lot of it anyway, because it was already embedded in a lot of the values that I already had. So whilst I didn't know it as theory as such, I did feel as though a lot of it was... um, being exhibited in, in my everyday work. Great. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's behaviours we're probably already displaying or hope we are being displayed, but it's about understanding really and, and providing some tools around that and the, the evidence behind that. So, yeah, that's great, Sarah. And what about you, Tim? Well, yeah, I've been on a short course that was um, that was run by Cardiff Uni and, and uh, uh, LOXU, the uh, English Optometric Support Unit, and I'd been on that course a couple of years previous, and it had been fascinating to me as a as a brief introduction. Certainly, the fellowship was much more uh, immersive uh, year and much more intense. But uh, yeah, having those uh, concepts of leadership introduced absolutely changed my uh, changed my viewpoint of what leadership was, what are we actually talking about when, when we say leadership? Uh, and I had gone into it thinking, well, that's for whoever the boss is. So that's for the prime minister to go on. Okay. They're in charge. They need to do leadership. Uh, and of course, when you understand it better, you start realizing how applicable it is in every situation in every conversation with an interaction with patients or with staff or with family member, even how you can <laughs> apply and, uh, it gives you that ability to be uh, more self-reflective and uh, coach yourself and, and realise uh, what you're doing in a more considered way. So it's been fascinating. So I had a brief introduction to it, but I was very keen to uh, to learn more once my appetite had been whetted. Tim, if I may come in there, um, what you've just described to me is collective leadership or... Um, distributed leadership and it's interesting to hear you reflect on that that you thought um, leadership was hierarchical prior to joining this program and understanding in more details compassionate leadership you've just described there how everyone can be a leader and how leadership is everyone's responsibility and it's a contact sport not a hierarchy in the organization so um, how have you changed the way that you lead knowing that that's a really interesting question, and uh, it's something, as you can imagine, Sarah and I have discussed a lot over the last last year. Um, and I've been much more aware of how my own actions can be interpreted, both my teammates and my the the patients I'm face to face with, and having those the various concepts of leadership. It articulates sort of what you what you're doing as Sarah said suggested earlier you think well I'm sort of doing that I'm I think I'm a kind person I'm a thoughtful person but it, it gives you this um framework so you can say ah oh, right am I doing that well I'm doing three quarters of it and then you can say actually that's where I'm lacking so for me personally um I were I've become certainly with the, the team that I, I work with far more uh far more clear in my aspirations and far more clear in, you know, in what we're trying to do, but also the reasons why we're trying to do it. 
Um, and I think that has helped the people I work with, you know, for us to all understand each other much better as to why why we're each doing the roles we're doing, what we're hoping to gain from them, the reasons for it. So that that transparency and that clarity. And I just hadn't realized before how that element of my my work was lacking because I hadn't taken the time to be reflective and I hadn't take, had any tools to uh, to, to help me uh, take that moment out. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of us would say you might be displaying three quarters most of the time. And, you know, we always reflect on our compassionate behaviours compass and, and those those four behaviours, you know, attending, listening with fascination, understanding, empathising and helping. And sometimes I'm not very good at the, the first two. <laughs> I've got to work on that. So, it, it, you know, no one's perfect. And we, we use these tools to continue to guide our behaviours and interactions with everyone. So, um, it's, it's like you say, it's a framework, it's something to work to and, and ensure that we are, um, you know, displaying those behaviours. Um, Nick, I just wonder if I can bring you in here um, around your ambition, really, for supporting some of the cluster leads for leadership capabilities. Yeah, thanks, Emily. So um, when we were talking about doing this podcast, one of the things that struck me was that we could definitely benefit from more of a leadership guide for most areas in optometry, um, but particularly an area that we will need to support heavily in the coming years is in cluster leads. So we are looking at developing many cluster leads as optometrists. And I think as being part of that, if you're an optometrist that's worked in practice, you've probably not, as Sarah and Tim said earlier, really thought about what leadership meant other than, well, you know, perhaps I'm the optometrist and I'm in charge of this, this practice. Well, I think as a cluster lead, being able to support them by getting them to 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 understand what leadership is and directing them to the right resources will be incredibly powerful for them and enabling them, um, as we've heard from Tim and Sarah, to reflect on their behaviours um, and feel more comfortable in the roles that they take on as cluster leads. And I'm delighted to say as part of the um, Welsh Clinical Leadership Fellowship this year, one of the fellows is looking at developing a uh, a toolkit for those cluster leads, which will um, feature very heavily on the leadership and directing them to the, the right resources. So for me, this is a really important area that optometry has not tapped into previously and can really benefit from. Yeah, thanks, Nick. And, you know, this is part of those resources. Um, and I know that we've got ambitions on Gwethler to create a, a specific area for optometrists around leadership and, you know, optometrists to be aware that this is a resource for them as well. Um, you know, Gwethler is open access, it's bilingual. Uh, the leadership resources are there, they're available, they're underpinned by compassionate leadership. We pull in resources from a range of, of credible experts um, onto the site. So it's becoming this and, and hopefully, um, you know, is already a one-stop shop for leadership and a bit of a shop window for leadership. So I know that um, this podcast really marks the launch of some of that 
some of that work. Um, so, you know, I know you're keen to, to get that message out there as well. Um, so people are aware um, that this is a resource that's available. Yes, absolutely. It'd be, it would be really, really helpful. Yeah. So just wondering, Helen, did you want to come in there? I was yeah thanks Em I was just going to uh, also add to that as well as the resources that you are developing and are already available on Gwechla um, we also advertise on Gwechla the leadership programs that HEIW sponsor and provide to uni well to multidisciplinary professionals and there's several already there we have one called leading with compassion there's the introduction to clinical leadership there's the 3D, discovering, delivering in healthcare. There's the Wales Clinical Leadership Programme. There's the Florence Nightingale Foundation and that we will be advertising and recruiting the end of this year to some more clinical leadership programmes. So again, all available on Gwechla, but all available then to um, be maximised by optometrists as well as other professions. So I just wanted the opportunity to, to mention that as well, to look out for some of those programmes. Yeah, definitely. And just, you know, we, we mentioned the compassionate leadership principles there. Um, they were launched uh, earlier this year. Oh, I forgot what year we were in for a moment then. Um, and we have been, you know, working hard to um, develop a load of resources and tools around those compassionate leadership principles. There's seven there. They're all hosted on Gwechla. And they are, you know, they are ways of uh, that we're going to behave within health and social care and they really embody um, all those compassionate leadership behaviors so there is a load of resources that are being released on Gwetla that can be accessed um, and we are continuing to develop resources with Professor Michael West for instance um, that are going to sit on on the site so that's all going to be available on Gwetla as well and just kind of going back to those compassionate leadership principles just a question to pose to Tim and Sarah again you know, now we've got those compassionate leadership principles and you're aware of them. How do you think you could use those compassionate leadership principles when managing patients now you're back in your your day-to-day roles? Uh, so for me, you mentioned... Either the one of you. <laughs> I'm diving in there, Sarah, sorry. Um, you mentioned the, the compass points and I realised, my reflection, I'm very guilty of uh, forgetting the fourth one. So the first three are about uh, awareness and connection and empathy. And that's really about sort of being kind, isn't it? It's, you know, is what most people would very simply term that as engaged and kind. And you think, oh, I, I, I think I can do that. And and then the, the fourth element of action and making sure that something comes of it. I think it's really important to make sure that that, that is always being done to its fullest and we're not just getting through the day and that we are actually making the most out of uh, every uh, every connection that we have um, but I think it's it signals that that sort of culture of the compassionate leadership changes um, a historical culture of the clinician knows best so the clinician prescribes and serves up uh, um, a you know a platter of, of healthcare provision to the patient, uh, and really it's about engaging with the patient, listening to the patient, realizing that that individual patient is a one of a kind, and that they're the expert in their own healthcare, uh, and we may be the expert in another aspect 
you know, from a different viewpoint, but it makes sure that we're engaging with the patient and that everything is co-produced and co-managed uh, and that the patient has a voice. I think it's really bold of NHS Wales to, to adapt this and, you know, trying to spread this one unified culture across the whole of health and social care. It's really uh, an admirable aspiration. And, and just to follow that up before I kind of hand the same question over to Sarah, what would you say then to those that think that perhaps putting those compassionate, that compassionate behaviour into your interactions would take more time with, with dealing with patients? What would you say to those? That's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge because we're all feeling rushed and we're all feeling exhausted at the end of the day anyway. But it, it is energising to know that you've done the best job that you can. And it, it is a method, it is a way of ensuring that you are doing the most that you can and you're getting, getting out of it. And of course, ultimately, it relieves burden. The better we care for patients, if we can care once brilliantly for patients, then we don't have to care for them three times badly. So it is a way of being more efficient, is to be more effective. I completely agree with you there, Tim. Um, actually, I, th- I think that, yes, initially, um, to spend that extra time with the patient um, to get to the root of the problem and then co-produce a management plan for them, I think spending that time initially will pay dividends in the long run and there may well be less follow-up time required afterwards. Um, yes, there is that initial outlay, as it were, um, but I think certainly it will pay dividends in the long run and time management will become a lot better and easier further down the line. Yeah, t- totally agree. And I think all the evidence shows, doesn't it, that when you know we implement these behaviours, and I think um, Stephen Treziak, again, all this is on Gwetla, the evidence, Steve, the video, Stephen Treziak, 40 seconds of compassion, you know, all the evidence in those patient interactions is you get better outcomes in general. So like you say, putting that extra 40 seconds in or whatever it takes um, into dealing with that patient um, as better effects longer term. Um, Nick, did you want to come in there? Yeah, I was just going to come in. Um, something that really opened my eyes to leadership was actually the evidence base behind it. Because when you're talking about compassionate leadership, sometimes it can can sound a bit kind of out there. Um, and what was astonishing, and you only need to look at some of um, Michael West's his work, is, is the difference that it does make in the evidence base that it, it actually helps the, the, the person that, that you're co-producing care with. Um, there's plenty of really strong, robust evidence that shows that compassionate leadership makes a difference to patient care and makes a difference to their conditions in some cases. Uh, So I just wanted to bring that in at that point. Yeah, it's it's amazing really, isn't it? The impact it can have is that the the evidence is always quite um, striking to me. I do always think it's amazing uh, the impact it can have. Hal, did you want to just come in there? Thank you. Yes. Um, Tim mentioned earlier on, it's about giving people a voice as well, compassionate leadership, and that's one of our compassionate leadership principles. So I just wanted to ask Sarah, in your new role, Sarah, as Chair of Optometry Wales, how will you give people the voice so they can co-produce and help us transform services 
just a little question for you. <laughs> <laughs> you may have just summed up the whole of Optometry Wales there in that one little question. So Optometry Wales is the umbrella company um, who is there to act on behalf of the optometrists and the optometric practices throughout the whole of Wales. So um, we essentially are the voice of the um, practitioners and practices out there. So we do encourage everybody um not just the usual crowd to get involved and to have this say our reason being is that if we don't know necessarily what is going on working on the ground we can't act on behalf of it so we would actively encourage everybody um to to come with any questions or queries to us because that's essentially our job is to then either provide the answers or find the answers um and obviously working in the best interests of everybody we're great believers really in that working on behalf of the optometrists and the optometric practices will ultimately work on behalf of the patients um, to ensure that they are getting the best possible care. So your experience now then with compassionate leadership principles and the behaviours of being in attendance and listening to understand and then reflecting and getting everybody's contribution are probably coming to the fore now Sarah I would think. Yes, pretty much with contract reform um, on the burner at the moment, um, everybody has certainly got an opinion and a voice and has questions that need answering. Um, What I would say is one thing I certainly have learned over the 12 months doing the fellowship programme is the importance of reflection before actually answering. Um, I think I was possibly earlier on quite guilty of being quite emotionally involved with things and would jump straight in, but I have learned the art of reflection and just consideration to everybody and knowing the impact of one statement and how it would affect how it would impact on somebody else. So having to consider all of um, everybody involved before answering. And that's that part of truly understanding, isn't it, Sarah? It's, it's understanding and not kind of jump into assumptions, you know, that part of that understanding element of the of the compass that I think we all sometimes need to work on a little bit because we're solution finders, we want to help, we want to, you know, that really drawing out um, some of that understanding. So that's, that's interesting um, insight there. Um, I think we're just going to, just to wrap up now, I just wonder um, what other advice you might give to any optometrists about leadership Nick, do you want to come in first? I'll leave that point for Sarah and Tim to answer fully. And I just wanted to say before we close the podcast that it would be remiss of me not to mention our other practice staff. We've mentioned optometrists a lot, and I'm conscious that when you run a successful practice, as Tim was saying earlier, it's a, it's a collective yeah. Um, and some of our, our other professionals, our dispensing opticians, our contact lens opticians, we want to ensure that our resources are available to all practice staff, really. So I just wanted to get that in before the end of the podcast. So apologies. Thanks, I'll, I'll, I'll let them have, <laughs> ask, answer the no. previous question. <laughs> That's really important. Yeah, uh, of course, all, all of those, not just the optometrists. So thank you, Nick. So, um, Tim. Or Sarah, did you want to answer that point about some advice you might want to give to all of those <laughs> around leadership? If I could uh, share my sort of overriding impression of when I look back, what I thought of leadership a couple of years ago and, and what I think now, and that might be something that is relatable to the, the others listening, may uh, it may strike a chord with. My understanding, as I suggested earlier, 
of what leadership was, was this really crude, hierarchical, there's one leader and everybody else are the not leaders. Um, and that is what, as my understanding, has evolved into considering leadership to actually be influence. So we all have influence. We all have, uh, we all partake in leadership, whether it's with a patient, whether it's as part of the team, um, or whether it's a representative uh, at a cluster level or a regional optical committee or engaging with other uh, disciplines in hospital health board settings. Um, so the choice isn't really, shall I be a leader? It is just, shall I choose to display my leadership with consideration and with reflection and with support from the toolkits, you know, the tools or concepts that are available. And a place like Wesley is amazing because there's so many, so many different types of resources there that would probably then lead on to other reading and further reading. And there's so, you know, leadership is a, an area that is discussed so widely and so broadly that in a very short space of time, uh, reading and researching, you find something that chimes and think, ah, I can relate to that. This is, I can use that and I can, you know, incorporate that to, to have a positive impact on all the aspects of your professional life. Great, thanks, Tim. Sarah, did you want to come in? Oh, I think Tim has said that really, really succinctly. <laughs> um, but what I would add is that um, you would only need to really access those resources on Gwechler. For example, just the masterclasses, which are just so inspirational. Um, that once you get a bite of the cherry and you can see what actually is available for you to look at and learn from, you probably will want the whole of the pie. <laughs> I love that, Sarah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So thank you all for the podcast today and giving up your time uh, and attending. Um, it's been great to talk about it. And, and hopefully now we can we've helped to kind of raise a bit of attention um, to understanding what is available, what resources are available, what opportunities are available. And of course, this podcast will be on Gwechla. Um, It will also be on Spotify and SoundCloud with amongst a range of other resources on Gwechla that are available for everyone, as we've discussed today, really embodying that collective leadership approach, you know, leadership for all, we're all leaders in our own right, not in that hierarchical sense. So it is accessible, it is bilingual, and there are, like Sarah, you've alluded to, there might be a masterclass, there might be a blog, there might be an article, you know, whatever your preference is, um, there's a range of tools and materials there for anyone to access. So so thank you all. Thank you for, for joining us today. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, be speaking soon, I'm sure, to continue this work with um, this, this optometrists and those others, the, the contact lens, optometrist and the dispenser i'm going to get it all wrong <laughs> but those other areas as well because i know there's more to that and excuse my uh, lack of knowledge in this area but yeah definitely we'll be continuing this work so thank you all thank you emily thank you thank for having us thanks this podcast was brought to you by Health, Education and Improvement Wales. If you have a compassionate leadership story you would like to share, we would love to hear from you. Please contact us at heiw.leadership.programme 
at wales.nhs.uk